welcome to C3 Belconnen. We hope you enjoy our latest Sunday message. So looking forward to continuing our new normal series and looking at Ephesians 4 and 5 today. Yes, we're mixing it up a bit. Uh, we, uh, Melissa preached partly through Ephesians chapter 4. We're picking up uh, from that point in about verse 17, carrying through to partway through chapter 5. There's some really linked thoughts here as we look at what it means to live out this Christian life, what it means to live out with a brand new nature and to walk that out. It's a, a new nature that we have and a new walk that we have as followers of Jesus. I want to pray for you in the spirit of what we heard about last week, a spirit of unity as we get going. Lord, would you just speak to us, each and every one of us together as your body, even though we're, we're coming at this from different uh, places in our city and across our nation around the world right now, let there be a spirit of unity amongst us. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Speak to us powerfully and transform us more into the likeness of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. So picking up today, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 17 uh, onwards, and I want to read a fair portion of this scripture together and talk about this new nature. So much of Ephesians 1 to 3 is about what God has done for us, but now we're called to live this life out. What does it look like for us to have this new understanding, and how's it going to play out in our lives? You know, as an interesting illustration of this, I heard uh, this week a reminder about the old SunSmart campaign. Remember the slip, slop, slap? If you're a child of the, the 80s and 90s, perhaps that slip, slop, slap campaign was uh, all about getting people thinking about SunSmart. And there have been way too many instances of skin cancer. And uh, so the government needed to get this different message out there to encourage changed behavior. And it seemed to be quite successful. But what they've discovered now is that the, the, those who had grown up under that campaign are sort of mindful of it for others, but have become less and less likely to look after their own skin in relation to the sun in that same way. Isn't it fascinating that we can have information, but it doesn't necessarily lead to transformation in our lives? And that's a lot of what this uh, message today is about, this passage of Scripture. The verse 17 of Ephesians 4 says, With the Lord's authority... I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they're hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I love that sort of key thought there in verses 22, 23 and 24 there about living a brand new life, putting off the old and putting on the new because Christ has transformed us. We've got a new way of thinking. You know, I tried to help my little girl get a new way of thinking recently as we got her off the training wheels uh, on her bike. And boy, what an exercise. It's one thing to ride a bike with this constant support. Uh, she didn't have to think about her 
balance. She just had to think about pedaling and trying to look where she was going. But you take off those things and she had to ride in a totally different way, looking for a sense of balance. And that mattered far more necessarily than just how hard uh, she was pedaling. It was a different way of thinking and you could see it catch on over a period of time. And so she doesn't get on a bike now and think, okay, lean this way, lean that way. It starts to become second nature. That's one of the most powerful things about living out a life of faith in God. It's not about what we do or don't do. It's not about just trying to line up all the right things or avoid all of the wrong things. It's powerful when we live out of a brand new nature, live out of an understanding of what Jesus Christ has done for us, out of his revelation in our lives. Those verses in, a, uh, in the Passion Translation say, and he has taught you to let go of this old lifestyle, the old self, which is corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that has been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within, as your new life and live in union with Him. For God has recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness. And you now belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. I've been saying right throughout this series, we have a new normal. Not just applying in God to our lives. Living from a brand new place. Living out of an entirely different perspective. That's a powerful, a spirit-empowered way of living where we are partnering with the Holy Spirit in our lives, where it's not getting up every day and saying, okay, here's a list of things I've got to do and not do. Don't say these things, do these things. Okay, what you find though is the passage we're about to read has got a lot of that kind of language in it, but let's understand why and what it shows us. Here's a, here's a thought from a, a, a theologian I was reading uh, recently on this topic, and he's talking about repentance we're talking about here a, an old versus a new way of thinking, not just course correction, not just minor adjustments to our world, but an about face. That's what repentance is. And he says this, repentance is primarily a change of moral purpose, a sudden and often violent reversal of the soul's direction. A sudden and often violent reversal of the soul's direction. You were living in this way, now you're living in that direction. It's not that you're still heading in this way and you're trying to add a few good things or not that you're trying to just remove a few bad things, but no, we're living in a brand new direction. I don't know if you've ever tried to change a habit or a pattern of behavior in your world and not done it by removing the old stuff from your life. I've got to confess, I have a chocolate Easter bunny issue, okay? I, I, I could go all year without eating any Cadbury chocolate whatsoever. But those Cadbury Easter bunnies, something about them. And people uh, sadly know that about me now. And so when it gets close to Easter, so often our staff or friends will like start throwing those things at me. I got to a point where I had lined up in the kitchen on this shelf that I put up high and a bit out of reach, bunnies of every shape and size. And I was like, no, I'm just putting them up there and I'm gonna keep them out of reach. Do you think I could successfully? No, because this stuff was right in front of me. We can have all the information we want, right? We can even be motivated for a short period of time, but nothing will change in our world unless there's an inner transformation, unless I get a revelation that no, those things aren't good for me and it is not worth it. I don't wanna live that way. And just trying not to eat a chocolate bunny is gonna make me wanna eat a chocolate bunny even more. 
what's going to help is actually wanting to live in a brand new direction, saying I'm living healthy, I'm living fit, I'm living in a way that is good for my body and I'm choosing these things instead of those things. Just trying to avoid is almost a recipe for disaster. And so there's, a, there's an empowered way of living that we're called to uh, as followers of Jesus Christ that is about this total transformation. It, it doesn't matter what we know. Doctrine right, which is our understanding of God's will and his ways and the way that plays out in our life. Clarity about who God is and what he's calling us to. It, it, it matters, okay, this sort of stuff. It matters that we have grasped clearly who we are in Christ so that a desire will grow in us to live a life that is worthy of his calling. So that we're living up, just last week Melissa shared about this idea of living up to our calling. We've got to know who we are. We've got to know who Jesus is. We've got to know what he's called us to so we can live up to it. But it's not just about living by rules and regulations. We are living up to something, not just by something. Life is not just a collection of decisions. It really is a direction that we choose to live in. And I want to pick back up one of these thoughts that we came across in Ephesians chapter 1 as we started this series right at the very beginning. And it's this idea of light, of light flooding coming into our lives. In fact, Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1 that the eyes of their heart will be opened, that they will be flooded with light. They'll be able to see things from God's perspective. And in Ephesians chapter 4 here, what we're given, Paul says, hey, there's a, there's a way of living that's about darkness. There's a way of living that chooses to harden itself towards God, that chooses to live for self, and that has an outworking in patterns of behavior. You see, we don't just occasionally do things that are right or wrong. We live from a particular place and that becomes evidence in our world. It's Honestly, it is foolishness for us to think that the inner state of our life and what we live out externally are going to line up differently. No, they're going to come uh, into alignment. In fact, what is inside of us will, will actually begin to show. It'll manifest in our lives. And so Paul writes in this letter here, he, he writes about this old way of behaving and taking it off and putting on a brand new way of living. It says in verse 25, so stop telling lies. Tell your neighbors the truth for we're all part of the same body. We heard that last week. And don't sin by letting anger get control of you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, you know who you are, stop stealing. Really simple there. Instead, use your hands for good work and give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing you'll be saved on the day of redemption. This is a life that is not characterized by ignorance. It's characterized by truth. This is a life that is not just where we're using our minds to indulge wrong ways of thinking. Instead, our, our minds are seeking to understand and learn more about Jesus Christ. This, this life is, has an old way of thinking and a brand new way of thinking in Jesus Christ. We are to be renewed in our thoughts and attitudes, as it says in verse 23 there, made new by revelation from God. See, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. A life of faith in Jesus is not just following the rule book. It's empowered by the indwelling Holy Spirit. 
It's not just about me getting up and trying hard not to do all the wrong things, like trying hard not to eat all the chocolate uh, bunnies in the house today. It's a, it's a life lived for God's glory. It's in a totally different direction and it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to fall over and fail to live up to that standard if it's just on my best efforts. I need to be daily praying, Lord, help me to please you today. This source of transformation is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. It's the subject of so much of, of this great letter to the church and through to this day is the empowering of the Holy Spirit to live out this God kind of life. The Holy Spirit is the subject, of this, the object, the, the source and the supply. He's the present one as we look to live out this life of faith. You know, there's so many contrasts and comparisons listed here. It's not just about uh, not telling lies. Instead, what are, what are we supposed to say? We're supposed to speak the truth towards others. Instead of letting sin and anger get a hold of us, we're supposed to live right towards others. Instead of stealing, we're supposed to use our hands for good and live generously. These are the contrasts of this old and new way of living. Now, I'm not getting up every day going, okay, uh, don't steal. Okay, uh, try, and be, try and be generous. You know, what I'm doing is saying, Holy Spirit, help me to live your way today. And that should bring out this attitude of generosity. It should bring out a love towards others. I desire to use my words to encourage because I'm living empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and what a powerful verse there in verse 30. Don't sorrow or don't bring sorrow. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by the way that we live. Hmm. Have a think about this. You know, it's really easy to slip into thinking of God as like an examiner or a judge or a mentor or supervisor that you'll occasionally check in with. And hey, hopefully this week overall, I live more in the right than, than in the wrong. And I, I put on my best face for my weekly checkup. Well, what a radically different thought that if that person, whoever we thought was, you know, looking uh, over our lives was present continually. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, you can't grieve someone who's distant and removed. You can't grieve somebody who has no stake in your life. You can ignore them, you can disobey them, uh, you can be rude to them. But grief is only something felt by someone who cares for us, but who is shunned or upset by the choices and the behavior that we're living. The Holy Spirit is alive in us, not some distant reality. And therefore, there is a transforming power at work in us, not just in certain moments, not just at Connect Group or on Sundays or when somebody else is looking, but a whole new direction to live in, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we're given pictures of what this life looks like. It's, it's, instead, it's avoiding lies and instead speaking truth. It's, it's making sure that our emotions, our attitudes are used for God's glory. It's instead of using our hands for, to, to get for ourselves, being generous uh, towards others, using our mouth not for evil, but for encouragement and support and uplifting of one another. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to outwork in our lives as we allow Him to have His way finishes up in uh, chapter four by saying, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Again, here's the contrast. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, I found one of the challenges of living out a life of faith in God is that if, if I'm saying, hey, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, 
but, but there's harsh words, there's anger in my life, there's bitterness, there's speaking poorly of others, there's just general bad behavior, then I'm actually a walking contradiction. A life surrendered to Jesus has an aroma, it has a flavor, it, has, it is able to be identified. A life surrendered to Jesus has fruit, Galatians tells us about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This, this life is identifiable on those who follow Jesus. And boy, is that challenging sometimes to maybe think about our lives instead of, instead of just going, hey, all oh, these are all the things I have to do. Say, no, is there evidence of that in my life? Or am I not really partnering with the Holy Spirit? Am I really not participating with what he wants to do in my life? I'm, I've got to live out of a brand new nature. And that, that involves me in a brand new walk of faith. And it's going to look different as I step out day to day. Now, chapter five picks up from here and tells us even more about living this life from a different motivation, living to please God, not self. Because you know what? What you aim for is where you'll end up. Living to please God is totally different from living to please self. And again, uh, Paul continues this thought. He's saying, don't live in this particular way. Live to please God. Again, as we were teaching uh, Addie how to ride this bike, one of the things we had to help her understand is don't stare at the things that you want to avoid. If you want to avoid that tree, then don't focus on the tree. Focus on where you want to go. Because where your focus is, there you'll actually end up. So this is about the direction of our lives. Living to please God, it says in verse 10 of chapter 5 here, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. You know, that thought has been going around and around in my mind all, all week. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. It makes me want to ask that question every single day. Lord, how could I live today to please you? What can I do to live out a life that, that gives you glory, that pleases you? Not just what are the things you want me to do, Lord, but how can I live in a way that pleases you? Well, here's a start. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. We talked about that in chapter 3. Live from love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I just mentioned before, a life of faith, a life surrendered to God has an aroma. It has a flavor about it. It has a sense that gives God glory. It's visible to others as well. We get some clarity here. And it's interesting that Paul, again, identifies particular behaviors. He says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Again, it's not just trying to stop doing these things. No, live a life of thankfulness and glory to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6 has got this interesting statement. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on, on, who, on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. There's that thought again, there is a, a, a way to live that is out of darkness and a way to live, a direction to live in that is about God's light in our worlds. We can't just try and stop doing a few things. We need this different empowering, this different motivation, a transformed way of looking at life, a way that is surrendered to God. And as verse 10 says, carefully determining 
what pleases the Lord. This light within you produces, says in verse 9, going back a little, only what is good and right and true. And the fundamental thought here is our choice to live for God's glory, not living under the burden of rules and laws and regulations, things we're trying to keep up, right? To just do the right thing. No, living out of a a desire to please God and to live for His glory. It says there that there are all these things that we easily excuse. And as I read that list, I went, you're right, God. This is absolutely true. Paul, you've nailed it. We, we so often try to excuse things around the edges, impurity or greed, some attitudes, sexual immorality. Our culture just wants to cloak all the things and say, no, if it feels good, it's okay. We're often a little easier to identify. Oh, well, don't tell lies, you know, uh, don't, don't steal things. All of those things are obvious and wrong. But all oh, this other stuff that's about personal preference, just do what feels good for you. But this is not about what feels good for me. This is about what gives God glory. I'm transformed by his presence in my life. Jesus has not just been added to my life. I have a brand new life in him. I am a new creation. I'm living for his glory if I'm a follower of Christ. This might be brand new information to you if you've always thought following God was just about trying to do the right things. It might be a really powerful reminder if you're a a follower of Jesus, but maybe you've got into just patterns of behavior that are not right. We've got to call those things out for what they are. Let's not give excuses to these things. Let's not allow them to keep showing up in our worlds, tolerate these things. No, let's allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. At the end of verse uh, of, of chapter 4 there in verse uh, um, 32, talks about being tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven us. The motivation for this new way of behaving and living towards others is that we have received this whole new way of life in Jesus Christ. He has forgiven us, so we forgive others. We live out towards others out of the example that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, it got me thinking about times when I've watched maybe a world-class sporting team in action. Like Not just good not just you know someone who's pretty good at a social level and handy at sport, but some a world-class team that looks like a, a finely tuned machine, right? Like a finely oiled system, group of players, you know, interpreting each other's thoughts, and they're, they're it's it's incredible, preempting each other's behaviours, and you see, uh, you know, maybe a ball move around a field in a in a way that's almost telepathic because everyone knows just what to do. They are all incredibly talented players in their own right, but they're not living just for moments of glory. So different to watching different levels of sport. You know, you watch really little kids playing sport. They can only, they, they even look like this. Just say they're playing uh, maybe soccer. They look down at their feet, right? And they just look at their feet and the ball. And they lose sight of what is going on around them. It's all about them. Then as you see, you know, kids develop... Um, and develop their talents a little bit, they realize maybe they've got some skill and then you watch them on the field and all it is about is using their skill and trying to look impressive. But then you see the great teams made up of phenomenal players but the best actually come together in an incredible way. And you know what I had thought as I was reading this is it says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. This encouragement here is a bit like watching one of those incredible sporting teams play. They're not even living to please themselves. Yes, a victory and a win is, is going to feel good to them. But you know what? They're living to please the coach. 
They're actually living out what pleases the coach, the plans, the patterns, the way that it has all been fitted together. They're living out of a different level of motivation. And so this is, this is the picture that we have in this passage here, not living out of self-indulgence, not living this old life, but in, instead living for God's glory, living a life of, of sacrifice and thanksgiving, we're told here, not getting caught up in our old ways and what matters to us. Be imitators of God in everything you do. I love that in verse 1 of chapter 5 here. Continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God. An aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. You know, it got me thinking, why is Paul spelling all of this out? Saying the do's and the don'ts, the rights and the wrongs, listing all these sorts of behaviors. It's because we all face this same temptation, this same potential to begin to live for self again. To live as with our, with our sights dropped to right in front of us. To live only thinking about ourselves. And even if we're doing that with an eye to trying to do the right thing, it is not the right motivation. We are called to live empowered by the Holy Spirit out of what God has done for us. Not just trying to apply God to our lives in pieces or in segments now and then. I said earlier, I think sometimes we just have to call out some of this behavior in our worlds. This passage finishes up by saying, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Shamefully even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when light shines on them. The light makes everything visible. And I'm challenged about that. It says, take no part in these things. Instead, instead expose them. Maybe we've got to expose these things in our own lives. Maybe we've got to be honest with ourselves and say, I've got to stop living this way. I need to live for God's glory. I'm not going to tolerate these things. I don't know what's going on in your world. I can think of some things in my world that just need to, just need to go. I need to be honest about them and say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry for grieving you. I'm sorry for living in a way that is offensive to you, that is about me and not about you. Would you help me? That's my prayer for you and, and my prayer for myself. This week is that we would say, Lord, what would please you today? How can I live with this brand new nature for your glory? Lord, what would please you today? I want to pray for you as we get ready to finish up that that would be your heartbeat, that you would, you would be brave enough to allow the Holy Spirit to go to work in your world, like a, a surgeon who would remove a cancer from somebody's body so that it doesn't spread. It's easy to ignore and overlook it for a period, but don't let it get its tentacles in. Remove these things because we, as we heard at the start of this, this message, a, a hardening of our hearts leads to attitudes and, and then onto actions. And then all of a sudden we're living in this totally wrong way towards God. I would love to pray for you today. If, if you need to know how to please God, how to live a life of faith, that's what the Bible says pleases God. Living as if God is who he says he is. That he is a loving father who has made a way for you to be right with himself. Despite our failings, despite being in the grip of sin and death, we can accept the forgiveness that Jesus has offered to us. We can live for his glory. We can be made brand new because of what Jesus Christ has done. If we accept him as our Lord and Savior and put our trust in him, give our lives over to him. And so I'd love to pray that you would experience this brand new kind of life here today. Father, I just thank you 
that, that, that you would continue your transforming work in our lives. Lord, I'm praying right now for all my friends who are followers of yours and who need to be reminded to deal with some things in our lives and to live for your glory, to, to live out of the empowering of your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us and encourage us, lead us forwards this week. Holy Spirit, do your work in our lives. And Lord, for every person who's listening to this today, who doesn't know what it is to, to walk in faith with you, I'm praying that you would reveal yourself to them, Holy Spirit, even now in this moment, that you bring conviction, you bring that sharp understanding of, of, of wanting to turn away, repent from a life that doesn't give you glory and instead turn to you by your empowering presence, Holy Spirit. Amen. If you want to take that step here today, would you do a brave thing right now? If you want to put your trust in Jesus and live this brand new life, on the, on the side of the screen there, you can click that button that says, I raise my hand. That's just letting us know that that's you. Then, then let us know you'd like prayer. We'd love to connect with you and help you walk out this life of faith. We are praying for you. We're believing with you for greater things. And know that God is doing an incredible work in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.